0: We've got to get in, grab the iguanodon, and get
1: out before that asteroid hits. Let's roll! (laughs) Will Dr. Humphrey,
2: Dr. Victoria Humphrey, please pick up the epidermal cell scanner from bay number three? Thank you.
1: Hello, chicken. I will not talk.
2: swim together
1: yeah! w- w Radio Your Information Station Hello and welcome to the WW Radio show Your Walt Disney World Information Station I am your host Lou Mangello and this is show number 407 for the week of May 24th 2015 I am here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast, videos, blog, live broadcasts, special events, books, my audio tours and more. Whether you're planning your first trip or you've been hundreds of times and like the details, secret stories and more, there's something here for you. Be sure to go back and check out past episodes and subscribe to the podcast in iTunes and find everything else at WDWRadio.com. So my love of Walt Disney World really began in November of 1971 on my first visit when I was just three years old and it grew with every new trip and adventure that I experienced with my parents and my brother. But my interest and fascination grew in large part to what I experienced not necessarily while in the parks but in the car ride there or back or at home because I loved reading and collecting and learning everything I could about what makes this place special. And getting to peek at photos from construction to behind the scenes, or even just pictures of my favorite attractions, really fueled my love of Walt Disney World. And over time, my interest and my book collection grew. So this week, we're gonna share our 10 books that need to be in every Walt Disney World fan's library. Whether you're starting your collection or looking to expand, there's definitely a book, or ten, in this list for you. I then i have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show as I'll have some updates and announcements including more details about our next couple of meets of the month in Walt Disney World. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. love of Walt Disney World really began on my very first trip at the age of three in November of 1971, literally weeks after Walt Disney World had opened to the public. And it was rekindled every year with pilgrimages that my family took, like the Griswolds. We packed ourselves into the station wagon without seatbelts facing the wrong way and drove down to Walt Disney World. And and the memories that I have of being in the parks on my dad's shoulders and sharing certain memories is really what started to light the fire for me. And I always loved, like every kid did and does that goes to Disney World, coming home with a different souvenir. And I remember specifically, like, the package of 12 souvenir postcards with the photos. And I would keep the A through E tickets and, and every scrap of paper From the room, including the contemporary and Polynesian letterhead. And yes, I still actually have soap from the Polynesian from way back. And as I grew older, I became fascinated by not only what brought us back to this place every year, but millions of people year after year. And I wanted to learn more. right? I didn't want to spoil the magic, but I wanted to learn more. So I read everything that I could get my hands on. And I actually can trace it back to a single book. That was the catalyst for my Disney enthusiasm, enthusiasm and unlo- unknowingly what would really kind of be the beginning of a journey that would ultimately turn it, my passion into my profession. So today, I want to talk about not just that book, but the many others that continued to bring me some Disney magic and insight when I couldn't get to the parks and really help me learn and appreciate more about a place that is, without question, very special for so many reasons. So today, we're gonna look at 10-ish books that need to be In every Walt Disney World fans library And I know you're laughing when I said 10 Because you know it's going to be more than 10 And joining me this week Is a man who knows that 10 doesn't mean 10 But also really enjoys A good book on Disney Even the ones that have words in them And aren't just for coloring He is Scott Otis Also known as Otisney on the Twitter Scott welcome back to the show
0: Hi, th- hi, Lou. Thanks for having me. Yes, uh, I really can't wait to get delved into all these books because I love them. Now, you,
1: you, you, wait. you say that you can't wait, <laughs> but I first asked you about this segment seven years ago in the Grand Canyon Concourse of the Contemporary. <laughs> I remember standing there in the shadow of the Mary Blair mural, and you're like, ah, I don't know. I'm like, dude, you've got eight trillion books on Disney, but um, yes. you've done. Listen, you've you've been researching for about seven years now, and finally, you're ready to do the show.
0: Yes, like Bell, I often have my nose stuck in a book. But I'm not very much of a, of a speaker about them. I usually just kinda hoard them to myself and just delve through them and but now I think I want to share some with y'all.
1: And, and I've been to your house, which is a, a you know, it's a scary thing. It's like American horror story in there. But and it's all it's a combination of American horror story and hoarders kind of combined into one. It, it's I've got a few <laughs> things,
0: yes. Yeah, but but Chief among th- among them is my Disney books and my Disney library, which is, uh, I think, pretty extensive, and I'm pretty proud of it.
1: Well, I look, I have literally—I have hundreds of books, right, uh, on sort of all things Disney, and thousands of documents. Most of them are still in boxes and acid-free <laughs> sleeves and cardboard I I agree you on that. But you literally have a room— an entire room and obviously a very supportive system around you to (laughs) let you have this room dedicated to, to your Disney dog. It's, it's like the, the final scene of Raiders of the Lost Ark at your house.
0: It's very similar to that. And my cataloging system is also similar to that. (laughs) And I have have no idea where anything is, but there, there are sure a lot of them. And uh, I, I have, I've got a pretty nice bookshelf uh, that I keep them on with ladders and, and rolling wheels and, and I even staff a couple of librarians to help me uh, <laughs> keep them in in shape. But yeah. Uh, yeah, a,
1: The room it. is climate controlled and it's got under lock and key and, and like I'm still you,
0: working on all that. Yeah. But yeah.
1: Everybody has to wear like white like museum gloves and. and oh, I'm as very well insistent
0: on this. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I have very specific rules.
1: And, it, and like nobody wears it. Nobody under the age of 18 is allowed in that. <laughs> Not because there's anything like illicit in there. You just don't want any kids touching or coloring in your books.
0: That's become more and more difficult lately, as I have uh, (laughs) three youngsters running around the place. But they're great, and uh, I've even got one of them helping me uh, catalog them as of uh, as of yesterday. So nice,
1: put them to work. Yeah, and then send them here. So (laughs) let me ask you quickly: How long do you think you've been collecting? And what started it? Like, for me, like, and I'm going to get to it because like, there there literally was a single book that I can trace it back to. What started the interest in in Disney book collecting?
0: Yeah, I mean, I would say it was uh, probably one, two, or maybe three books right around when I was 12 that I got. And I just read them cover to cover. um, And I just couldn't get enough. I I didn't really start collecting books then, but, I mean, I guess – starting when I uh, started a job here at, at Walt Disney World I started you know uh, buying everything that was available but it wasn't really until I discovered eBay <laughs> that that's what did it for me because I, at that point I realized oh wow I could fill all of the holes in my library uh, and I just went nuts over a two-month period I th- I'm sure I bought at least 500 books wow. just just getting everything that i could possibly collect on on mainly disney parks and and imagineers and the history of the company but also uh, the movies as well and the animated features.
1: Yeah, and we're so for today's purposes we are going to try our best and i use limit in air quotes <laughs> to to limit this to books about Walt Disney World specifically. And i think it's it's obviously going to be very very hard uh very to, to, yeah. <laughs> we talked before we get on and i'm like i have got 30 on my list that i tried to pare down to eight and then i've got like 15 honorable mentions but i think um you know it's it sort of it was difficult to choose because the books are they, they span such a wide spectrum they really right? yeah. historical to rare books to ones that enhance experiences in the parks the only sort of limiter that I put on myself was I kind of took out of the equation the yearly planning guides, right? There are, there are, there are, are books oh. that come out year after – is that all you have? <laughs> 2001, have. 2002, 2003. I've <laughs> taken the yearly planning guides out of the equation. It takes nothing away from them. They're, they certainly have a place and they are fun in terms of uh, planning for your vacation. But I really focused on ones that – uh were about the history or about the details or really sort of and I tend to um to use my expression of sort of peeling back the layers of the onion as pretty much as deep as they can go.
0: Yeah I agree. Yeah I mean I the 1984 Steve Birnbaum guy, I you know that I got that right before my very first trip to Disney World and I poured over that thing like crazy. And the 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 thing is separated from the binding. Uh, but yeah, I, we're going to we're going to hold off on those. Those are great and I love them, but yeah, we're going to do these uh other kinds of books that really do enhance your your visit here and give you a better, a deeper understanding of of how these parks came to be.
1: Now, to completely contradict myself, I almost <laughs> put one of the Burn Down <laughs> Guides on the list because I do have the entire series going back oh, yeah. to, I think it's 82 or 81, the old red ones, right? Remember the old red yeah. books? Oh, yeah. So, I, I like, for me, as somebody who enjoys the history and who has to research uh, a lot sometimes both for the show and for my books and for my audio tours researching back um moments in time throughout walt Disney World history those are excellent for me in terms of helping me catalog what was where when but i don't think it's necessarily one that needs to be in every walt disney world fans library okay
0: all right well that sounds good um you want to get started?
1: I do. And I'm going to kick things off to help oh, sort of— you're going <laughs> first, huh? <laughs> I'm going to—because I want, I want to make sure you don't steal my book, oh, which man. you're going to— And I think, listen, I, obviously there's going to be a lot of overlap in our books, and, and these are meant for not necessarily one going back and forth, but really more about discussion. But I, I said in the intro, and I mean this sincerely, man, like I remember getting this book in the parks, and we drove every year back and forth— and Scott, I read this book over and over and over again, and I, and I memorized the pictures, and I was fascinated. All, you know, although most of the stuff was uh, of the attractions and shows that you saw on stage, but when they gave you a little glimpse of the planning of Walt Disney World and the construction, I will tell you, I was hooked. And, and I read and and I and I have two copies. One I think that was my. I know own. which
0: one you're going <laughs> you for. You know exactly
1: <laughs> what I'm going for. I have one that was my own, and I bought another one that wasn't quite as dog-eared because, as much as I tried to keep it, um, you know, pristine, I was also, you know, a four-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old kid, whatever it was. And it's an eleven by eleven book called mm-hmm. "The Story of Walt Disney World." That's right. 1971 commemorative edition. It's a behind-the-scenes look, a behind-the-scenes visit to the vacation kingdom of the world. That's
0: right. It's it's basically a giant square. It's in the shape of a D. It's black covered, and it's got the Cinderella castle right in the middle of the D. And it's just, yeah, I have f- uh, four copies of this <laughs> one. <laughs> they basically range from, uh, the ones that I have are from 1971 through 1980. They actually have printings oh. as far late as that. But yeah, um, all
1: of eBay, here I come.
0: Oh, yeah, (laughs) seriously. No, the the pictures in here are just phenomenal uh, with all of you can see the the creation of the Magic Kingdom and all the hotels, as well as it's kind of a snapshot back to how Disney World was way back then.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a great sort of combination of a souvenir book and a history book. And now, obviously, 40 years later. It is more of a history book for us because when you do look at pictures of, you know, the haunted mansion without the covered queue and (laughs) some of these, you know, I'm just sort of paging through it very quickly and you see the map of, the look, the only thing that was there was the Polynesian and the Contemporary and Magic Kingdom and that was it. But it also taught you a lot about how it came to be, the history of it and Walt Disney and pictures of Walt and copies of old newspapers and blueprints and maps and then when they show you like there's something scott for me about the engineering of walt disney world absolutely fascinates me like moving like hundreds of thousands of pounds of dirt and creating these these uh water bridges and levees Mm -hmm. and streets it just it just continued to blow my mind
0: That's right and yeah there's some amazing um, stories here about like just even how they transported the, the 20,000 leagues under the s- right? c- <laughs> Through submarines. <laughs> Through downtown Tampa. <laughs> Through the, exactly. Um, it really is just, it's it's a great historical timepiece.
1: Yeah, and it was the behind the scenes stuff that really sort of got me. How they built the contemporary, yeah. how they built the boats, right? How they built the castle. And it, it never was about spoiling the magic for me it really made me appreciate just what they did even more and i think that's when i kind of realized like yeah there is something really really special about this place and on the very last page and it wasn't even the page on the the back inside cover oh yeah it wasn't just about what was going on now or in the past but it was coming in the future (laughs) right talk about how wed was working on this thing called epcot center cut and, what's right? that and the beautiful artwork that they had of, of you know a very early concept of, of what world showcase yeah. was going to be uh, a future world and uh, and world showcase was going to be and that's when i was like man yeah this, yeah
0: oh yeah i hear and that actually i don't know if that actually leads me into my first selection if 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 you don't mind the transition
1: absolutely <laughs> but i will say you obviously they don't sell it anymore but you can still get this one online in varying degrees of yes. repair <laughs> and disrepair probably for <laughs> 20 30 bucks i mean if you get a really good copy from 71 in pristine ki- condition it's going to cost you more but i think for me man this is like without a doubt oh, yeah. must have in the, in the library
0: pure gold so seeing the preview at the end of that book about Epcot Center actually takes me to one of my uh, – my first book on the list, which is actually one of my first three books that I started collecting um, that where I started my Disney book collection is Walt Disney's Epcot Center, Creating the New World of Tomorrow by Richard Beard, which was – just the quintessential book um, about Epcot Center I think this came out just before the park opened it basically detailed every single pavilion the construction of of each one and the all the films that they made for them and and the and all the attractions and there's some amazing photography of the behind the scenes of the of the creation of Epcot Center this is just an amazing book that I've literally read cover to cover many, many, many times. (laughs) You can
1: say hundreds. It's okay. We're not here to judge. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I mean, as a kid, this was what I was reading nonstop. This was one of my, and still remains, my uh, all-time favorite book, I would say.
1: And I'm with you because when we, again, we drove everywhere, and I'm not trying to date myself, but we didn't have cell phones or DVD players or handheld electronic devices with access to the internet in the car, <laughs> we actually had to read books. This was one that came with me on a lot of trips because it's a huge, first of all, it's a huge book,
0: right? It really it's is, yeah.
1: it's probably 10 inches by 12 inches and about 230 pages long. I, Scott, I believe this book in in hardcover format st- still remains the de facto book uh, by yeah. and about Epcot Center that there is out there. Um, I Without think it, it's, a it's such a wealth of information. First of all, I think that the photographs in here are ones that you can't find anywhere else. I love the behind the scenes, how it was all built. Even at the end, they sort of teased <laughs> about other pavilions oh, that that's coming, right. right? Like Africa, right? They had a whole yeah. section on Africa but the artwork and the philosophy of Walt Disney and how it sort of evolved from his dream and it goes pavilion by pavilion mm-hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong, there's probably three or so different versions there of this There really book.
0: are. I, I know that there are there's two versions of the of the large hardcover book. One that actually came out uh, right before Epcot opened and one just shortly ar- thereafter where I, they actually substituted a few of the photographs or, or that is a few of the conceptual artwork with photographs uh, within the park with guests there. And I um, from what I can tell the only difference between those two is some of the photographs and there's probably about 90 different changes but it, I, I believe the text is all the same. But then they also released a, uh, a condensed version, uh, a hardback, which I believe itself has two versions, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is, you know, I, I have one of those two, but it's uh, it's a, essentially, what, eight and a half by 11, but um, with maybe only about half the number of pages, about 128 pages. Right. It's still the same idea, um, just just a little bit smaller.
1: Yeah. And this book too, um, as I'm flipping through it, I forgot it has like multi-panel fold out, almost like mini posters. Um, this is still, when I do research for the show and, and other projects I do, this is my sort of go-to guide when it comes to Epcot center. I think that there's, there's nothing that even comes.
0: close. Absolutely. And, uh, it is a time capsule because, uh, Epcot is one of the parks that has changed quite a bit since, uh, since it first opened. And, uh, this is kind of how it was back then because a lot of it has changed and it's not quite the same.
1: Yeah, and, it, and they really sort of break it down pavilion by pavilion and yeah. even things like Communicore where they go through oh, the yeah. different exhibits uh, and really relate it back to how some of the Communicore exhibits tie <laughs> into the pavilions. I mean, they really sort of weave it all together. And unlike some of the other books, there is a, a, a ton of text in here. It is not yes. just a picture book.
0: That's right. And uh, it's some great reading. It'll tell you all about each, each one and very, very detailed.
1: Yeah. And again, books like these, a lot of the ones that we're talking about, you can uh, find on places like Amazon sometimes. other, and I'll, yeah. and I'll put links to some of these. But places like Alibris, A-L-I-B-R-I-S, mm-hmm. is a great place to find used books as well.
0: And certainly eBay as well. I think did you mention that? I'm sorry. Is that e b a y e b a y dot com? That's right. <laughs> that's certainly where I got a good chunk of my books.
1: So uh, for me, and this is another one, Scott, that almost took the top spot, but I think I put the the uh, the first book, the Black uh, Story yeah. of Walter's World book, in for sentimental reasons. It, it's certainly a very uh, subjective book for me. But right behind that on my list, like 1A, was another book that I have multiple copies of, like you. And it came out much later, but I think at this point is when my interest in learning as much as I could and my appreciation for what I was consuming really started to peak. This is where I was actively searching out additional information and old newspaper articles and and some of the more obscure books about the history of Walt Disney World, but I still argue that since the world began, Walt Disney World's first 25 years by Jeff Curdy with a forward by Roy E. Disney is the perfect combination of beautiful, again, we we appreciate the beauty of a book, right? Mm -hmm. So it's in hard, it's in softbound. There's beautiful photography, great text, like I just like the way it's laid out, and it too covers everything from, I, I think this is a great sort of, for lack of a better word, almost like a great beginner's book, right? A because, beginner's
0: book, but but also a good reference book, I, I find.
1: Absolutely, and again, it goes back to that how things change, so this is the snapshot in time for 25 years, and the 25 years that preceded it, right? So they mm-hmm. have a lot of those photos that rather than you try and find 20 different books to get it, this is a great <laughs> sort of compendium of a lot of those pictures and text.
0: Right. This is almost the, the most... Um, uh, perfect version of those pictorial guidebooks but it's so much more than that in, in that it does have the photos but it has a, a lot of the text and basically the story of how walt disney world came to be how it was created and there's a lot of insets uh, basically asides like almost like one about the creation of the reedy creek one about the the world's fair attractions and how they came to to it make Disney world what it was and things like that, that uh, really add a lot to this book.
1: And as I'm flipping through it, I actually just found, and I was obviously using it at one point as a bookmark, <laughs> I found my receipt for this copy of the book that I got from the Disney store in Menlo Park Mall oh, wow. in November of 1996.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's the year it came out, 1996. Yeah, so um, this is, once again, just a fantastic research book. That, But it, once again, it does go up to 1996, and everything that's happened uh, to Disney World since then is of course, not covered, but you'll have to get other books for that.
1: Yeah, and I, and I like the fact that, you know, Jeff was able to sort of look to the future as well, where they talked about Animal Kingdom, they talked about upcoming mm-hmm. events, they talked about Wide World of Sports. And when I said that this was a beginner's book, and I think sort of a great jumping off point, because for me, this is one of the ones that, uh, not every book has this, Scott, is they ha- it has a bibliography in the back.
0: That's I was right. Like,
1: wait a minute. Like, I can go and dig a little bit deeper, and that's how I started to get to some of the other books in my library.
0: That's right. And uh, so, if you get this book and get every single book that's listed, <laughs> you should be pretty set.
1: <laughs> and, and so, uh, granted, some of the books, and we're going to talk about some of them, uh, I'm sure. Some of the books in there are uh, very obscure. Certainly, some of the pure periodicals are a lot more difficult to come by, and. This one too is one that comes in um, a, a couple of different versions. There's also there's a hardbound and a softbound uh, book as well.
0: I actually only have the hardbound version.
1: <gasps> oh, so I'm holding like a holy in my hand. <laughs> listen, can you hear? Mm-hmm. I'm holding a, a Scott Otis Holy Grail. Uh, I, and I would say, if you've never <laughs> heard the name Jeff Curdy, uh, oh, he's. I think, yeah. So he is actually actually the only person, and now I've been podcasting for 10 plus years, 400 however many episodes, he is the only person I've ever interviewed to have a two-part interview. Because it was so good, I was like, I can't cut any of this out, but we (laughs) talked for like three hours. He He was on show 221 and 222, and he's also the author of many, many books. Not just many books in general, but I think many books on our list. He did... The Disney Cruise Line, creation of the Disney dream, the Disney dossiers, the files of the characters from the studios, Disneyland through the decades, the top secret files of the Disney villains, uh, the Imagineering Legends book, uh, he and Bruce Gordon, Mm -hmm. uh, Disneyland from Once Upon a Time to Happily Ever After, Then Now and Forever, the Walt Disney World book. Um, the Art of Mulan, Tangled, Disneyland, Atlantis, Princess and the Frog, M- <laughs> Mermaid, Bug's Life. I, I, he obviously doesn't get out much, but he sure is an incredible writer. Yes,
0: yeah, so if you see his name on a book, it's a pretty safe bet that uh, it's going to be a good
1: one. Yeah, and, and it's what I love about Jeff's writing is I think he writes from a fan's perspective first, right? I always said that exactly. the reason why I wrote my book which did not make the list surprisingly the reason why I wrote my book was because <laughs> I wrote the book, wait it's not on your list I wrote the book that I wanted to read I get the exactly. sense that Jeff writes books that he wants to read as a fan
0: that's right and uh, I could tell you that other book that you mentioned the Walt Disney's Imagineering Legends and the genesis of the Disney theme park that one almost made my list here because it basically uh, details all uh, of the Imagineers that essentially created what we now know as, as Disney theme parks and all their various crafts and what, and what they've brought. And uh, I just wanted to mention that one as well. Just kind of as a, I, I just slipped one in there.
1: Yeah. I, I, we're we're going <laughs> to do that a lot because it's, it was yeah. hard, man. This was a, this was a really, really hard. I mean, my top tens, you know, Yes, it's tough to cut out, you know, a location to have breakfast. But cutting out some of these books really is like a mini, you know, not to overdrive, yeah. but it's like a little Sophie's choice. Because like, oh, I love this book for this reason. I love this book for that reason.
0: Because, yeah, whereas this book doesn't necessarily discuss Walt Disney World in particular, it certainly details all of the Imagineers and all of the people that that made it what it is. And so I thought it was definitely worth it. I of think that's a, yeah, being that's, a
1: yeah, that's definitely a book to add onto the list uh, as well. So, all right, back to your, uh, to your list. Yeah, that's
0: my official list. Um, here's one that I believe they still have in the parks right now and is pretty available um, and also pretty – Reasonably priced and great a great reference tool for each park, and that is the Imagineering Field Guide to the Magic Kingdom, to Epcot Center, to the Disney's Hollywood Studios, and Animal Kingdom. There's one book for each park, and I'm just going to go ahead and throw them all in there as one entry. But uh, this is a great little f- reference book that you can actually take with you into the park. It's, it's the perfect size, maybe just, uh, maybe th- three inches by six inches or something like that, that you could take with you. And it's just got so much detail, uh, basically about how uh, the Imagineers created each of the parks, basically. Uh, and they go land by land for each of the four parks and just talk about, you know, uh, all of the conceptual artwork, uh, basically how things came to be, um, even the creation of signs, kind of like uh, like a it, the, like they're setting the story for you, setting the place for you, um, and, and quite a lot of conceptual artwork as well for each of the attractions. And uh, this is a really good one, uh, and certainly one that you can even take with you to enhance a. A day at the park if, if you wanted to.
1: Yeah. And, and look, these books are, you know, I, I say all the time on the show that there is no great big book of Imagineering, but if there was, this is going to be the closest thing to it. Because you're right. And the thing that, and look, I have a, a love hate relationship with these books. I'll explain why. <laughs> I love these books, right? They're, I love the fact, first of all, they're, they're, they're a high gloss book. There's probably about 125, 130 pages in each, they're color coded by land. I dig the little sort of call-outs that have you know, facts and figures, but I love the fact that you'll get uh, a, an image of a, a bracket and how they design right. it and the color choices and the squash and the stretch of, of Mickey's Toontown Fair. I, I love, love, love these books. I have two copies of each, one that I use for research. Don't laugh at me. I'm not <laughs> because laughing. Because the spine gets, you know, you end up you know, breaking course. the spine a little bit. And I have ones that I keep, but what that when I said hate, I used air quotes, and I don't <laughs> hate it certainly. But I literally, and this you're going to make fun of me probably, but in doing research, I would literally have to take a magnifying glass because oh, I hated yeah. the fact that the <laughs> the artwork was so <laughs> small. I was like, oh God, blow this up! Like I want to see you know the design for Madame Leota's cart like in a big eight and a half by eleven image because there's such great te- detail that gets lost. But again, here. I found pictures that I hadn't seen anywhere else.
0: Yeah, that is the one downfall of these books. I actually had the fortune of uh, of assisting Imagineer Alex Wright uh, with the um, the research into these books, and and yeah, I mean, I think they they definitely because it's a field guide, they wanted it to be of a size that somebody could easily just slip in their pocket and take with them and enhance their day uh, at the parks. And and because of that smaller size, that is the, the chief complaint. The (laughs) chief problem with this is that the, and there's a lot of really beautiful artwork in here. It's just very small. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And and look, and and I think what is awesome, like at the beginning of the book, they really do give you an Imagineering 101. That's right. They explain to you, you know, I think if I, if they explain to you, not just how it's done, but why it's done. They tell yeah, you about the different dis- disciplines. They tell you about some of the the uh, terminology that they right. use.
0: Yeah, that, that's actually a common aspect of each of these books. There's a, a history of Imagineering um, basically going over each of the different disciplines that there are. But but what's interesting about this book is that each of the books, they give a, a f- like a photograph or an example of that discipline, but it's from that park. So that's – and so it makes it more relevant of course and then of course there's also two pages of just kind of the Imagineering lingo and that that's actually common with each of these books. And he actually did make uh, one also for Disneyland and Disney California Adventure to make a complete set for the uh, domestic parks and he's actually um, redone the Magic Kingdom one and Epcot since their uh, – since they first came out. So – uh, at least they're, they're keeping them up to date, and I think there uh, are, will be some future ones as well that will be updated.
1: Yeah, and I think the, title, the, the subtitle of the book really describes it well. It really is an Imagineers Eye tour, as if, right. as if Alex and the other Imagineers were taking you through and stopping and showing you the details from <laughs> their perspective to make you understand more.
0: That's right. There, yeah, there's a lot of just you know, like even just hidden uh, fun fun things within the texts of a lot of the signs or, or like hidden uh, details that you wouldn't find. And so some of it is that, but a lot of it is also just um, kind of detailing whether it be an attraction or an entire land, and just telling you how they came about creating that, and and basically telling the correct story for for the guest.
1: All right, so I'm going to go from a book. <laughs> that, you know, is is too small to almost one that's too big, right? And, and I'm saying that, you know, jokingly, but I will tell you that going from a book that fits in your pocket to one that doesn't fit on your shelf, I think you know where I'm going with this. I believe I do. But this is, right? This is the great big book of Imagineering. This is Walt Disney Imagineering, a yep. behind-the-dreams look at making the magic real, and as a sort of, you know, 1A, there's also... A behind the dreams look at making the magic more real. Like it's it's another, it's a secondary book. But I, you know, it's hard to, I I think calling it the great big book of Imagineering is his closest way to describe this oversized book. It's probably 12 by 18, somewhere around there. It's a big book. It weighs about 107 (laughs) pounds. Um, But this is the one that, and it's actually laid out in a way that it makes you feel as though you're sitting at, a drawing or a a, a conference table and the Imagineers are throwing out or dropping on the table pieces of concept art and old photos and then talking to you, talking to you from an Imagineering perspective. Like I remember there's one as I'm flipping through. It says, what did you do at work today, honey? And it talks about a day as an Imagineer, right? It talks to you about the labs. It talks about special effects and animation and creating signage and colors and posters and Every little detail that 99.999% of the guests overlook, like how does a sign get made, right? How does, you know, why do they make these certain color choices? How do they choose what type of rocks are appropriate for Africa? Like all those things are explained in these books.
0: Yeah, and it really is a hodgepodge of all the different types of topics. It really doesn't have a, a... particular order there's actually not an index which is my number one beef with this book it makes it very difficult to find whatever you're looking for but you could easily get lost in all the different uh chapters of this book there's uh it's you know whether it talks about the the history of of an of a land or you know even just the, the creating of the audio effects or the or the visual effects or as you said the signs of an area and, and using all the different theme parks as as their examples it it's an amazing book and and I think one of the aspects of or one of the things in the book that kind of tells you how many different disciplines are there are in the, in Imagineering is actually before the the initial book, they actually have glued on here an interoffice envelope with all the different Imagineers that that a, a typical um, maybe a paperwork would go through, or or you know they would need to have somebody check off something, and it gives you people you know they have creative people, but they also have people from finance or. Or you know, creative services, collections management, show writing. There's so many different disciplines within Imagineering, and this is the quintessential book of of that, using all the parks as an example. So that, and the, of course, the 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 second book that most recently came out, where they take the actually the more recent parks that came out, whether it be uh, I think from Tokyo Disney Sea, California Adventure, uh, Animal Kingdom, Hong Kong. And it basically uses those as examples to further uh, discuss everything that Imagineering has done. So these two books combined is just amazing.
1: Yeah. And, and for some reason, I get this question literally like once every week <laughs> or other week. Like, how do I become an Imagineer? And the first thing I say is, I don't know. I've never been an Imagineer, although, look, I, I've been blessed to be able to, to talk to them and share their stories. But the first thing I tell them is, go out and get this book. Right? Yeah. Go buy the Imagineering book, and, there's, and I'm inadvertently going to like mention, like there, there's also the like the Imagineering workbook and a couple of... Like, these really are written by the Imagineers. They tell you, like you said, Scott, about the different disciplines. You hear about some of the journeys of how people go from ice cream scooper to show writer, <laughs> uh, how every part is, is so interwoven. The thing that I love is really... It's the stories behind the stories, right? Right. We say all the time that that there is no plaque other than there used to be in Pleasure Island. There is no plaque explaining (laughs) to you the story of Tomorrowland, the story of Big Thunder, the story of Toontown. This book helps you sort of discover those stories, read the backstories, understand the thinking behind them, and then weave together all the details so you're like, I get it. I see why this is here, and then that's there because this ties into this, and then all the... Like, I get and all of a sudden, these are where sort of the aha moments and the light bulbs go off.
0: Exactly, and and it even tells you um, where, as a guest, you don't even necessarily have to know the backstory, but how they create the story in such a way that it'll make sense to you where where even you don't quite get the details of it. Do you know what I mean by that? Right. So, this is... Just a, a great book for that, and yeah, I, I don't think I, you could fit it in your pocket.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, right, what, what I love too is that so many of the photos are not sort of the, the stock images that you've seen right. of time. These are very candid shots of Imagineers at work, of right. them working on scale models. Look, man, there's something that that's fascinating to me about an Imagineer working on. The wireframe model of Spaceship Earth or Big Thunder Mountain, <laughs> and then how they scan it and scale it and build it, and how they, I, like how it goes from concept to creation to our being able to enjoy it is an amazing process to me. And you're also going to find stuff in here that never made it off the drawing board too. So this That's is a good true. opportunity to see some of the things that were talked about, right? No good idea right. dies in Imagineering, but haven't quite come to light.
0: Yeah, cuz if you just even look at the details of all the pictures you'll you'll see things on the walls that oh it looks like they were planning this at that time or you can see some of the different models that they're working on and and uh, see where in the parks that they ended up so yeah, there's, there's definitely a wealth of information photos in this one.
1: And, you know, I, I laugh all the time. When <laughs> you see on, like, TV or Facebook, like, oh, this, you know, abstract piece of art just sold for $19 million. And I'm like, I have you seen Dorothea Redmond's work? Like, that's some guy scattered paint on the wall. And look at the <laughs> artwork that she has in here. Like, look at some of these mm-hmm. incredibly talented people whose names you don't often know, right? Disney, I right. think Disney and D23, it's where they have done a good job of bringing some of these people to light. But if you really want to have an appreciation or if you're like, hey, this is what I want to do, this is a great sort of, It's I can't even call it an entryway, but it's, an, it's a good entry point, but very advanced book as well.
0: All right. Uh, so where would this book be available?
1: Uh, I believe this book, I think you can still get it in the yeah. parks, right?
0: You I believe, uh, yeah, not, not all of them have it, but I think I have recently seen uh, at least the second one in the parks. But it's also uh, pretty common on Amazon.
1: Right, and I'll be stealing well. your copy as well as putting it up on eBay. So um, state, right. Oops, okay. <laughs> and I think it's about, it's probably about $40 or so, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it definitely retails. I think you can get it for cheaper than that, uh, though, with some discounts on Amazon. Yep, there you go. So anyway, um, going on to my next choice, I would say I'm going to detail further into particular attractions within the park, some of the the better-known ones. And I'm going to include a three-pack, if you don't mind.
1: We're in this, I'm looking at
0: you like, <laughs> I see you, brother. I got the
1: same thing on my list.
0: And that is the what I guess you could call the Jason Sorrell trilogy. That's,
1: I called it the Jason Sorrell collection. <laughs>
0: <laughs> which is the Pirates of the Caribbean from the Magic Kingdom to the movies, the Haunted Mansion from the Magic Kingdom to the movies, and his latest, the Disney Mountains, Imagineering at its Peak. And these are some uh, great f- uh, books. Actually, the Pirates book and the Haunted Mansion book both have actually uh, since been uh, reissued with with new stuff. But basically, Jason goes into... Uh, Every iteration of these attractions, that, that is oh, starting at Pirates in the Haunted Mansion, basically he talks about each one, the creation of the original at Disneyland and then how it uh, continued on to the Magic Kingdom and then through the, the parks that are uh, around the world and just goes into incredible detail with the story making and the imagineering of all of these and all, uh, at least in the... Different versions of the Pirates of the Caribbean, especially the the one in Paris, is incredibly unique. It talks about all the different story changes w- within them, and then of course the same with the Haunted Mansion and you know Disneyland Paris's F- the Phantom Manor. Um, there and there's just so much artwork, and um, once again, just Imagineers at work, and all the different storyboards and 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 artwork that they created for each of these attractions. And then it goes into how they created the, the movies, at least with the Pirates of the Caribbean. And the, the, I guess there now have been four of them, and they're working on a fifth. I think this only talks about the first two or three movies. And then the Haunted Mansion. Yes, there was a Haunted Mansion movie with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> and you, it does you talk about that the, Did you
1: rip out the, the last 25 pages? No, of
0: <laughs> no, I kept that in there. I, just, I don't access that as much that's uh that's not one of Disney's best, but that's okay and then this most recent book the the Disney Mountains book, he goes into every iteration of you know basically starting from the original, which is the Matterhorn, and talking about um, the creation of that, which was the the first steel tube ro- uh, roller coaster, and then going into Space Mountain that you know opened at Disney World initially in nineteen seventy five and then all. Uh, through all of the Big Thunder Mountains and Splash Mountains, and even things like Grizzly Peak at California Adventure or Mount Prometheus at Tokyo Disney Sea, and all the different variations of Disney Mountains and, and the rides that have come to be in them. And there's just a vast amount of material and just wonderful artwork about the creation of each of those and uh, throughout the world. Just yeah, man. an amazing book.
1: Dude, I'm with you. I had this very, very high on my list, like it was among the next two, the 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 Sorel collection, as it were. <laughs> um, and actually, Trilogy is soon to almost be, I think That's it's going right. to be a, a quadrilogy because there's a new Haunted Mansion, Imagineering a Disney classic from the Magic Kingdom book, supposed to come out this summer um, on paperback. Um, I assume that that is still on schedule. It's about a, a sort of really the attraction itself but again, these are the very heavy softbound books that are probably eight and a half ish by 11 high gloss. Like they're beautiful books, right there. It's a coffee table book about coffee tables. It's a uh, they're, they're beautiful <laughs> for all those people like myself that have always wished that you could take a behind the scenes tour of the Haunted Mansion and turn the lights on and be there not with just with current Imagineers but with the people that helped create it, right? To go through with the Rolly Crump or to go through with some of these other people that helped to determine the direction, right, of of where it was going to go that were in conversations with Walt. You know, I'm talking obviously specifically about things like Haunted Mansion and Pirates. Like, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating read to me. And then to... That, that sort of logical pro- progression, like you said, from Disneyland to Disney World to the other parks and then into the movies, again, tying it all in together. Uh, I think they're beautiful books. Like you could, I wish you could almost buy them all as a, oh, yeah. a three-pack because I think they all complement each other uh, really, much. really well.
0: Yeah, and I've actually talked to Jason about this. He had so much material, but he was limited to how many pages he could have in the book, and and they also specified that a lot of the artwork, especially in the mountains book, had to be big. And I he he said he had at least four times the text yeah. that he had written for this book, but he had to cut a lot of it. And so hopefully, uh, there could there may be a, a future book, and. I think he's also working on one for the uh, the lucas the George Lucas attractions, yeah. I remember st-
1: him talking about a uh, a star tours, yeah, one into- way that would
0: combine the star tours, the Indiana Jones franchises, and uh, all of that. yeah, yeah,
1: I don't know so if I- those books are uh, are going to happen. and I-, I understand, you know it's one of those things it's it's that delicate balance because we're such visual people, and you can appreciate so much more by by looking at the visuals. and I love the photographs in these books are beautiful. Like, I don't care what kind of... You would just (laughs) never be able to go through the attraction and get the angles and get the shots that are in these books. But by the same token, you do want that nice balance of text as well, and I think they do it. And actually, if you go back to show... I'm going way back in the archives. If you go (laughs) back to show number 43, I talked, I interviewed Jason Sorrell, uh, probably for a long time, Uh, not just about his role, but I think we talked about... um, I think this is just when... The Imagineering at its peak book had come out. To so I think we discuss all these books uh, in detail. Yeah. So again, that goes back to um, Show Forty Three from two thousand seven.
0: Yeah, I think that and that book is probably my favorite because it does discuss and delve into so many of the different attractions and the different iterations around the world, which I have personally had the fortune to uh, to go to, and the the ones in Paris especially, um, uh, like the the. The Tomorrowland that they have there is actually a Discovery Land, and it kind of takes uh, certainly a futuristic, um, almost a uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, like the the Space Mountain there actually is like from the Columbia Exposition, a combination of future but also past. Uh, definitely interesting, and the, and certainly their Phantom Manor is unlike any of the <laughs> haunted mansions yeah. here, and uh, and the Pirates of the Caribbean. It takes what what we know of as the story of the Pirates of the Caribbean in the order that it goes in and it completely flips it on its head and it goes in completely different order. And it actually makes a little bit more sense. And he talks about those kinds of things. And, of course, they also have Expedition Everest here at Walt Disney World and uh, even attractions that never came to be such as the the, uh, the Western Ex- – what was Western the name of that? <laughs> <laughs> Western River.
1: Thunder Mesa and the Western River Expedition.
0: Exactly. So, Poor Mark Davis. It, uh, but, yeah, so this is an absolute must-have, and I, I think they're pretty accessible as well.
1: So... This is what I was afraid was gonna happen, Mr. Otis, <laughs> right? We are fifty minutes in, and we're, I don't even know what oh. number we're on, but I still have forget my list. I still have one, two, three, four. I have six more books just on my desk <laughs> like so I, I have through.
0: about thirty more <laughs> right?
1: so this may if people like this uh, episode and you're gonna have to tweet me and go to the comments section and let me know uh, and come to Facebook if you like this if you like this um. Topic and want us to cover some more of these books in detail, let us know. But I think what we're gonna to have to do is maybe pick one more okay, and then save some of the rest. Because otherwise we'll do 45 minutes of honorable mentions. Because like the six on my desk Uh-oh. I have to mention for different reasons. So I, I
0: don't I we, <laughs> we could probably we could probably quicken it up and uh I'm afraid it-
1: to I'm afraid to see which one I want to go to next. Um because one of them is a, is a very it's a much more academic book, one is more of a picture book, one is a souvenir book, <laughs> one is a cast member only book. Ooh, um wow. one is about it's a is more story
0: driven. Um let's see if we can tackle them quickly, maybe not delve into them oh, as much.
1: But but they're so I know. I'm hug- can... I'm hugging my book as if it's... <laughs> <laughs> But you go ahead. All right, so I'm going to um I'm going to go over to an academic book, right, just just to sort of break things up a little bit. For those of you that really want to, like, you want to get into the nitty-gritty of how this park came to be, and I don't mean just from 1971 on. I mean from 1964 through 1974, 75-ish, a book to get, and I think it maybe has... Five or six pictures. I mean, it is a very (laughs) academic, but it is. But it's still a great read. It's called Florida's Disney World: Promises and Problems. It's a hardcover book, right?
0: I'm going way back, brother. (laughs) You went way academic, dude. I'm listen.
1: It does not get much more academic than this. But I will tell you, man. Again, for me, as a researcher who loves the history, look. When I was writing my books and doing my audio tours. Historical accuracy uh, is very, very important to me. I'm not saying I actually got it right, but in theory (laughs) it's very important to me. This is the one to get, right? And I don't want to say it's it's textbook-like because it does very much follow a chronological um, uh, format, but it really does take you through how the idea of taking this this mucky, murky swampland – and turning it into Walt Disney World came to be. And I don't just mean from an engineering perspective. I mean the purchases of the land and working right. with the state of Florida and working with the the, the the government and the financial impact and the social and the cultural impact. I mean, it's a very, very um, – it, it's, it's I don't want to say it's a dry read, but you really – I mean, there's a lot of facts and figures and numbers in here. Yeah, really are. But if you want to understand the impact that Walt Disney World had, forget on, on modern culture and, you know, on, on the state of Florida and central Florida and the stories behind the stories about how this came to be, this is the one and only book that you need. Because it has, you know, um, it has referenced articles from newspapers from the 60s and 70s and interviews. I mean, it's very, very incredibly well thought out and very well researched.
0: That's a good one. And uh, yeah, it even talks about the, uh, th- the mistakes that they made in, with Disneyland and um, in the creation of Disneyland that they used to, you know, buy up so much land at Disney world, basically things that they've learned with it from that and applied to Disney world and, you know, things such as the creation of the Reedy Creek improvement district and all of that. It, it that that's definitely uh, a a good one, and, it, it, and it's
1: not a cheap one. <laughs> this is probably going to cost you a $100, 150 dollars. It and took sort me of, a
0: while to find one. Yeah, but yeah. in
1: any condition, in uh, sort yeah. of take it in any condition just for the content.
0: Exactly. Uh, so I I'll go ahead and add uh, another one that's a little bit. Um, um, this one actually has essays. This one is called Disney. Uh, sorry, designing Disney's theme parks: the architecture of reassurance. <laughs> 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 by, by Carl and Marling and this one actually has several essays about almost like the not only the creation of Disney World and the theme parks but also what they mean to a guest as as being a guest and and how it can, reassure you into thinking that the world is a better place and this one is i would say less dry than that than that last one that you gave and it does have a lot of uh images in it as well both uh, conceptual artwork as well as photographs but all but it does uh it does have a f- uh, i believe a forward um or at least an essay, by Marty Sklar, if I'm not mistaken. Or, yeah, he does one of the essays, The Artist as Imagineer. But there's basically, I think, five or six different essays. One's about making imagination safe in the 50s, Disneyland's fantasy art and architecture, or 40 years of overstatement, criticism, and the Disney theme parks. But it basically talks about mankind and and the Disney parks and what they mean to to the world. And I think that's a good one as well.
1: Yeah, I agree with you too. And I think this is a a nice balance of uh, a little more academia mixed in with some really, and I think that there's, again, there's concept art in here that I haven't found in other books, which I like. I like the fact that it's it's unique to here. And you're right, it does talk about a much more global reach in terms of, architecture and sociological impact and mm-hmm. there's interviews with Frank Gehry. I mean, there's a lot of really uh, interesting and I think what's, what, and it's, it's nice to kind of end on this book because I think it, it brings in a very, very different angle than probably most of the other books on the, the list. Right? It, it is very mm-hmm. much not a souvenir book. It is not a, a promotional book. It's not meant to be like, hey, we need to go to Disney World kind of book, but it really gives you <laughs> Uh, a deep dive into the the thought process in terms of design and engineering right. and execution,
0: right? And uh, this one is, I believe, something like twelve inches by twelve inches with a bright yellow cover. It's hardback with the picture of the Cinderella Castle right on the cover case you were looking yeah, for that, that
1: one. 225 or so <laughs> pages. Like you're gonna right. get your workout. Forget CrossFit man. Just buy these books and just walk around with them in your backpack. Like that's the that's only right. that's a, a workout right there.
0: Just bringing the books into this room where I am right now <laughs> recording this show, that was quite a workout. Because I still have a lot more to talk about.
1: I, I do too. Um I mean I can go off the list that I made for this or we'll just turn around and look at some of the books in here and maybe do this again but only if people tell us that they like it so you need to tweet me at Lou you can also tweet Otisney O-T-I-S-N-E-Y and let us know that you enjoyed this on the Twitter and come to the comment section go to www.radio.com slash 407 and tell me what's your book what's the book that you need or that, that that you keep going back to or is so incredibly dog-eared because you love it so much or maybe what's their holy grail Right, what's your holy grail of Disney books? And Scott, I'm going to ask you, do you have a holy grail of books that uh, that you ha- Other than the copy of Since the World Began that's in my <laughs> hands right now. Other than that book, is there one that you would just love to get your grubby little hands on?
0: I do, but I can't tell you what it is because there's <laughs> so few copies of it out there that I, <laughs> I still keep looking for it. All I right. really I, it's so, that holy it's, of a grill.
1: Yeah, and look there there's uh there are certainly a few. So I would love to know from the people uh, who are listening. Favorite books uh, to read, holy grails that you'd like to get again, www.radio.com slash four oh seven or tweet me at Lou Mangiello or, or go to the Facebook page. Also, make sure you follow Scott Otis on the Twitter and the gram. Yeah. He is at OTisney. And Scott, my friend, dare I say we have to do this again?
0: We do have to do this again because I do feel as though this list is incomplete. We have a lot more to talk about, even with not just Disney World, but we need to delve further into the company. And uh, I definitely have a lot of things to share with your listeners about uh, Disney
1: books. Yeah, so don't yell at us. Don't be like, what are you thinking? (laughs) Oklahoma, man. How did you not mention, you know?
0: Trust me, it is on our list. Yes. We just didn't have time
1: for it. So we will be back and uh, and definitely do this again. And with uh, top ten coloring books, top ten Walt Disney oh, yeah. coloring books. I got my Country Bear book. I oh, got yeah. the. I got Mainstream.
0: That would that's one of my favorites.
1: Remember that? What about the comic book? Remember the old Epcot Center comic Uh-oh, book? Yes.
0: The universe books. of Energy. Oh, uh, so much to talk about.
1: for our walt disney world trivia question of the week where i invite you to test your knowledge of walt disney world history or maybe see how well you pay attention to the details and what you see or hear throughout the parks and resorts If you think you got it right you can enter by email for a chance to win a disney prize package before we get to this week's question let's go back review last week's and select our winner so we are right in the midst of star wars weekends here at walt disney world and last week we did a live dining review of the Star Wars Galactic dine and Breakfast where you could meet characters from the Star Wars universe, a lot of villains right there at breakfast, maybe trade with some Jawas. And for now, Star Wars Weekends is the only time and place that you could meet Star Wars characters in Walt Disney World. However, at one time, you could not only meet Darth Vader, but Luke Skywalker as well. And your trivia question last week was to tell me where, and if you think you knew, when you could actually meet Darth and maybe even catch his son in Walt Disney World as well. You were playing for all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom, including the brand new Tomorrowland edition, which was just released a couple of weeks ago. You can find out more or order yours at WDWRadio.com Tomorrowland. But going back to the answer to last week's questions, you actually could meet Darth Vader and for a very, very short period of time, even Luke Skywalker at the old Walt Disney World Village. And if you're not sure where that is, Walt Disney World Village was Lake Buena Vista Village, it's now downtown Disney, and soon going to be Disney Springs. But back in October of 1977, just a few months after the first Star Wars, Episode four, A New Hope, had been released, so I guess Darth Vader was tired of doing the whole media circuit and needed a little vacation, and where did he go? Darth Vader, you just changed history by being the most evil villain in the most successful franchise of all time. What are you gonna do next? I'm going to Disney World. He went down to the Captain's Tower over at the Walt Disney World Village and met guests and did pictures and autographs and everything else like that. And there were other stars there as well, including his son, not Luke Skywalker, but Mark Hamill was there and some other stars from the movie. Uh, signing autographs and giving out posters. But yeah, so Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, and some of the other stars for Star Wars used to be able to meet in the Walt Disney World Village. Congratulations and thanks to all of you who got this one correct, and a few of you who had memories of meeting Darth Vader as kids, or adults, uh, back in 1977. I randomly selected one correct entry from all the entries that I received via email this past week, and the winner of all the audio walking tours is... Mark Nausin. So, Mark, congratulations. Everybody else, thank you so much for playing. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So this week, let's see how well you pay attention to what you hear in the parks, because all you need to do this week is identify where in Walt Disney World you heard this phrase. All right, all right. The circus might be a good way to spend the afternoon. There you go. All you need to do is tell me where in Walt Disney World you can hear or could have heard that phrase. Email me at contest at wdwradio.com by Sunday, May 31st at 11.59 p.m. Once again, you're playing for all seven of your audio walking tours. And this week, just because I'm in a good mood, I'm going to also send you a copy of my 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World book. So good luck and have fun. that's going to do it for this week's show thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week whether you are a first-time listener or have listened to all 407 episodes i sincerely appreciate you sharing your time with me and letting me share my passion for disney with you also, big thanks to all the new members of WW Radio Nation. I just finished sending out this past week lots of care packages and T-shirts and logo gear and backpacks and scavenger hunts and a few other surprises as well. If you want to help the show and become part of WW Radio Nation, you can visit www.radio.com support. It is completely optional, but a great way to get some additional benefits and rewards, including monthly scavenger hunts and custom Magic Band covers, T-shirts, care packages from Disney World, exclusive live video group calls and lots more. And of course, don't forget that a portion of the proceeds of your contribution goes to the Make-A-Wish Foundation through our Dream Team project. Again, to find out more, visit www.radio.com slash support. Also be sure and visit wdwradio.com. There's lots more there in addition to the podcast, including multiple daily blog posts from a great team of blog writers. We have a free email, newsletter, videos, free app for your mobile device. And don't forget to join us every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WDW Radio Live. Right to a live video broadcast we talk about this week's Walt Disney World news you can be part of the show as you chat and ask and answer questions in the chat room and then I stay on for a while after talk about anything you like until you can sort of ask me anything in the lightning round again that's every Wednesday 7:30 p.m eastern you can watch by visiting wdw or downloading the free Ustream app and doing a search for WW radio you can watch from your mobile device iPhone iPad Android whatever it may be also, be sure and connect with me on Twitter. I'm at Lou there and on Pinterest and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Lou You can follow my personal profile there or like the WW Radio page at Facebook.com slash, you guessed it, WDW Radio. And while I love having conversations with you online, I believe that nothing beats a handshake and a hug, and that is why I continue to do for the past seven or eight years or so Meet of the Month every month in Walt Disney World. The next one is going to be June 14th in Tomorrowland at Cosmic Ray's Starlight Cafe inside, I promise. Uh, We're going to celebrate the release of the Tomorrowland audio tour and the release of the Tomorrowland movie starring George Clooney. Again, that's going to be Sunday, June 14th. We're also going to meet July 19th, August 30th. We're going to have a day at Typhoon Lagoon. Other meets coming up as well. You can visit the events page at www.radio.com. And RSVP, just let us know that you're coming on the Facebook event page at facebook.com slash www.radio. I'm also going to be doing other events on the road as I'll be traveling a lot throughout the year, doing a lot of uh, speaking engagements and conferences, including podcast movement this summer in Fort Worth, July 31st through August 2nd. I'll be delivering the keynote there, and we'll definitely do a meetup while I'm in Fort Worth as well. You can visit LouMangelo.com to find out some of the other places I'll be speaking. And if you want me to come, maybe speak to your business, to your conference, or to your kid's school, you can check out my speaking or schools page. And if you're looking to take that thing that you love and want to turn your passion into your profession, I want to help. I have a new small group of like-minded entrepreneurs and solopreneurs and podcasters forming now. The new group is going to start on June 23rd and is limited to less than 10 people. And there's only a few spots left. For more information, visit LouMangelo.com and click on the Work With Lou tab. Thanks as always to Mouse Fan Travel. there once again sponsoring our WW Radio group cruise to Alaska, which we're leaving on in just a couple of days. Super excited for that. I'm going to come back with lots of content and audio and video and pictures to share with you. If you can't join us in Alaska, please come next year, February 3rd, for a week-long cruise on the Disney Fantasy. This one's going to be special because not only are we celebrating the ninth anniversary of WDW Radio, but it's also one of the few exclusive Star Wars Day at Sea cruises. So there's going to be a lot going on with the Star Wars events, all the things happening on the Disney Cruise Line, and all of the special events that we do as a WDW Radio group For more information or to get a free no-obligation quote, visit WDWRadioCruise.com and visit MouseFanTravel.com. Whether you're coming on this cruise to World, Land, Sea, Alani, wherever it might be, Becky and her team of agents can help you get the best possible price, answer all your questions, all at no additional cost to you. And go to CelebrationsPress.com, get a little bit of Disney Magic delivered right to your door or your mobile device with Celebrations Magazine. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tell your friends. Tweet out that you're listening. Share links and comment over on Facebook. And please go to iTunes, rate and review the show there. That is really, really helpful. Very much appreciated. We now, thanks to you, have more than 1,000 reviews on iTunes. Please keep them coming. I want to thank some recent reviewers like DJ Shortstop, Taxing Taylor, Clark, Ream, Seagust, and Ryan 234. If you go to iTunes and search for WW Radio or visit www.radio.com slash iTunes, that'll take you right there and show you exactly how to leave a rating and review. And finally, and most importantly, I want to give you my sincerest, sincerest thanks once again. Your time is so valuable, and the fact that you take time out of your week to share it with me and listen to the show and email and tweet me means more than anything that you know. And, and if I can help you and say thank you in some way, please let me know. And in the meantime, I hope that you start taking steps, however small they might be, to pursue that thing that you love so that you could wake up happy and excited and, and, and encouraged about the day. But remember that nothing worth having comes easy, but the goal is going to be worth your sacrifice have faith, and always keep moving forward. And most importantly, have an amazing week this week. So until next time, see ya.
3: How's it going, Lou? This is Brian Rainey uh, from Kansas City, Missouri. And just want to let you know I'm at the Orlando Airport. I just finished up my vacation last night. And I'm worn out. Four-day hopper pass will do that to you, but... Just wanna let you know I had a real good time at the meet and greet on Saturday, I had a good time at the Star Wars weekends. I've always been wanting to do that and glad I finally got to experience the Star Wars weekends. But anyway, it was fun talking to you and talking to Chris and I did have the pot snack and cheese at Magic Kingdom and man that's some good stuff right there. And also took Chris's advice and had the the burger at the brown derby and that may have been one of the best burgers I've ever had. But anyway, you know, just, you know, got to leave Disney sometimes. So hopefully I'll be back pretty soon. But anyway, talk to you later. Thanks. Hey, Lou, it's Chris in West Palm Beach, a mixed team in the box.
4: I just wanted to give you a shout back. Um, had a great time on Saturday, the 16th, for the meet of the month. Uh, just a blast, bud. Uh, again, always meeting really cool people. Shout out to some people uh, I met there that, uh, I'll, uh, I'll get to you soon. I've got their, uh, email addresses, uh, Chris Gervais or Gervais, um, uh, Brian Casey, uh, Brian from Casey, uh, he made a big trip, uh, he's a basketball guy. He's down here for basketball. Uh, Adam Bonaventure. Nice to meet Beatrice Feeney. Um, Jimmy Styles, nice to meet you. Just a lot of cool people, man. Had a good time. And uh wish you all the best, bud. All right? Back to your family. And look forward to the next meet. And uh, give me a shout when you can, buddy. You take care. Bye-bye now.
2: Hello, Lou Mangiello. It's Darlene Nagy from West Seneca, New York. Recently returned from Florida in Walt Disney World. I had a wonderful time. But now I am on the countdown, and it is under 10 days, for our WTW Radio Alaska Wonder Cruise with all of our friends and family. I am so excited to see everybody and to be in an adventure of a bucket list trip. And on the ship, I'm going to do a lot of sightseeing with having three days at sea, which will be very nice because I haven't done that before. And I think we're going to do some exploring. There's the Cadillac Lounge Adult um, Co-Cafe, which is for adults. Then you got families by day for diversions and then adults at night. You have promenade lounge, um, beverages and snacks and internet for all ages. You have signals for 21 and over, which is adults, and the wave band is all ages during the day, but then it's for adults at night. So we've got a lot to check out while we're on this ship. I can't wait. See you all. Starting next week's Saturday. Oh my gosh, I can't believe what I'm saying. Next week's Saturday. Everybody have a magical day. Have a great weekend. Happy Memorial Day. Hug.
1: You've got a
2: friend in me.
3: Yeah. <laughs>